Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man. What are we talking about today? We waited for it. We had an incredible World Cup and the time has come. This is our very first preview of Round 1 of EuroLeague 2023-2024. Duke, are you ready to get to it? 100%, man. Uh, I'm so ready for this season. I, I think it's going to be amazing and highly competitive so let's get it started man we're right into it let's waste no more time and let's start with the game between red star and asvel this is a game that uh, we have teams that uh, come from different seasons last year red star had a, a very hot end of the season and dreamed with the playoffs until late in the season and asvel ended up at the bottom of the standings Both of these teams come into the season reinforced and uh, with many changes. We just preview all of them and some big names were added to both teams. What do you think will be the tactical keys for this matchup? Well, first of all, uh, the thing I want to see the most is Milos playing at home, Milos Teodosic. And hopefully it will be some amazing moments with some flashy passes like he always does. And I think it's going to be awesome to see. So uh, I just wanted to say that uh, first and foremost. Uh, after that, uh, I, I want to see how this Red Star team uh, meshes together because obviously, like we said in the preview, uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of new guys. So I want to see them really get together and, and be consistent on defense, like, like we talked. And that's what they got to do to win it, it, because if they get stops and, and if they push the pace, uh, I don't think Asvel is going to be able to handle them. So I, I think that's the, the major key here is a strong defense, which they always play at home. And Coach Ivanovic always preaches defense. So I believe they're going to be good enough defensively this season. But uh, I think this is a good game to start uh, trying to input that into their play style, being great defensively so that they're able to push the pace and they have all those guards, all that firepower, and they should use it. Uh, as far as Asvel, I think they need to be disciplined offensively and not allow Red Star to, to get on the break and, and to push the pace because they have a lot of firepower with Napier, Teodosic, Iago, all of those guys, Nedovic. So uh, I think Asvel needs to try to keep it close throughout the whole 40 minutes to then try to steal it at the end. But either way, uh, I think Red Star has uh, a lot more uh, against Asvel. And I think if they do get stops and start pushing that pace, I think they're going to set the tone for their whole season. And, and I think they could start with a win. For me, for Asvel, they will need to find ways to be disruptive and force the mistakes from this uh, Red Star team for them to be able to, to have a chance to win the game. And uh, for Red Star, what I'm more curious about is the what is the stage of the development of this roster that they are at and how well they will be playing together. I think the, the favorite for this game is uh, Red Star playing at home and uh, having a, a very strong yeah, roster. For sure. And a matchup that I'm really, really excited about it and that I want to be watching is Iago Duchamp against Paris Lee. I expect both of them from coming off the bench. And Iago Duchamp is such a strong player offensively and Paris Lee is such a good defender. I'm looking forward to see how those two will match up against each other during this game, even if this might not be the matchup that decides the game. And for us, well, I want to see how well TLC will be playing and how much he will be able to provide to this team. 
we spoke in our preview of Red Star how good defenders, uh, defender a player like Hanga is. And uh, I think that we will see those two players matching on each other for big stretches of this game. And if DLC is able to elevate his game and be a, a dominant player for Aswell, that give, uh, gives a fighting chance for Aswell, not only in this game and uh, during the this Euroleague season. Do you agree that uh, Red Star are favorite? Yeah, uh, I think Red Star are the favorites in this game, uh, especially playing at home. Uh, I think they are the better team. I think they have more options and more talent. But uh, as far as the matchup goes, I'm going to go with the the two legends, uh, Milos Teodosic and Nando Di Kolo. <laughs> uh, I want to see those guys matched up because it's always greatness whenever they step foot on the court. So uh, I'm very excited to see that. You can never go wrong by picking a matchup of two legends between Teodosic and Nando de Colo. Let's <laughs> continue move forward and uh, let's look into the game between Maccabi and Partizan. This is a game I'm extremely excited uh, for and one of my favorite games to to follow during this uh, round one. Diogo, this is a game where we have teams that... Um, in partisan case, brings many reinforcements and uh, some different faces from last season. And Maccabi brings the continuity and adds a player like uh, Antonius Cleveland. I think Maccabi playing at home, coming from a season where they bring continuity in this game, they need to be considered favorites. But I expect partisan to be one of the top contenders of this edition of the EuroLeague. And I won't be surprised if they are able to to come out of this game with a victory. A big factor heading to this game is Wade Baldwin missing uh, the game due to injury. Duke, what are the key factors for this matchup? Well, obviously, uh, Wade Baldwin missing this game, uh, I think it's a, a huge loss because uh, he's a big part of Maccabi's offense. And, and I don't know if they have enough firepower to hang with Partizan without Wade. Uh, I think the one of the biggest keys here is to see how Partizan is going to defend uh, Lorenzo. And especially now that Wade's not playing, uh, I think they're going to try to, to take him out the game because if Lorenzo is not himself, uh, I think Maccabi is very limited offensively, especially in the half court. So uh, I believe Partizan's focus on this game will be the way they guard Lorenzo. And, and I believe a guy like Avramovic will be key in that in that matchup because I think he's going to be guarding him most of the time. And I believe that's going to be a major factor for, for Maccabi to maybe struggle a little bit in this game. Um, but I just think for Maccabi, I think they need to be efficient offensively and they got to do a good job guarding the three-point line because uh, I think Partizan is a team that shoots the three much better than Maccabi. So if they're not able to guard the three-point line, I think they could be in for a rough night. And for Partizan, again, is to take Zoe away from the game and, and then just... If they limit Maccabi uh, with their good defense, I think they will be able to get on the break and, and maybe speed up the game a little bit. And, and I think that's going to be an advantage for them. I will take a slightly different path. And while obviously uh, being able to defend Lorenzo at a high level is key uh, against uh, this Maccabi team, and especially when Baldwin is not playing. And Partizan does have those players that are able to do it. This will be an excellent opportunity also for a player like Dogier show uh, what he's able to do and what he will be able to, to bring to this Partizan team. But uh, I think Partizan should try to explore their advantage on the front court. And uh, I am very intrigued to see how dominant Kaminsky 
can be in a matchup against uh, a team that don't really have players to match against him at the, the highest level. He will have a height advantage. He will have um, uh, the ability to stretch the floor. I think he can be a nightmare matchup for the for this game and against this uh, partisan against this Maccabi team. And I see the, this being a game that will be extremely tactical. And if this was in a neutral court, I would even favor Partizan to win it because I think that they have at this moment clearly the, the best team between the two of them. But we know that uh, the home court advantage is real for this Maccabi team. They have the continuity while Partizan still needs to integrate some new pieces. This will just be an extremely high competitive game that each of the teams can win. And these are two teams that want to be on the playoff fight. And for that fight, uh, each win will uh, count. And certainly, if Partizan is able to start this competition with a win in Tel Aviv, they will just solidify our power rankings and having them as one of the top contenders. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think Partizan here, uh, obviously, with Wade not playing, they, they have an advantage already, of course. Uh, but I just think overall, the, they have a lot more options and they have a lot of talent. And like you mentioned, the guys like Dozier and having Kevin Parner and Panitka, Nunali, they have a lot of options. They have a lot of bodies. And I just think they have the advantage here on this matchup. Uh, if Wade was playing, I would probably probably lean Maccabi playing at home. But without Wade, I think it's going to be very hard for Maccabi to match Partizan's firepower. We start with some derbies between teams from the same country. And one of them is the game between Bayern against Alba. Who has the advantage heading into this game, you? Well, I think it's clearly uh, Bayern. Uh, I believe they have more talent, more options, more depth, uh, the better coach. Uh, I mean, they should win this game, uh, even though it is a rivalry. So anything can happen in those classic games. Uh, but I just think Bayern is the better team overall. Uh, I think if they do a good job guarding the three, uh, they take away the Alba's only chance, in my view, uh, of trying to steal this game. Because I believe for Alba to be able to win... They would need to play elite defense and, and just try to outscore Bayern. And, and I think Bayern has the, the, the bodies and the options to, to make it tough on Alba. And I think Bayern has the upper hand on this matchup. I agree with you, but uh, let's look at the other side and how Alba can start uh, with a small surprise and getting uh, a win that is always important in this service for, for them. Sterling Brown, for me, will be one of the keys for this Alba team and how well he will be able to impact the game or how much he will be able to impact the game. It's a key for Alba to to, to be able to unlock their game and to perform at their uh, highest level. Is Proshida a player that uh, is... Is taking a step forward and will be performing at the highest level. Spaniol will be able to perform at a consistent level and uh, do more than the flashes that we have seen from him that are elite. And then, of course, we have some bad news with uh, Yanni Weitzel missing uh, this game and being out for some time. It will be extremely hard for Alba to be able to conquer this win. But at the same time, Alba is one of the, the most intriguing teams to watch I don't expect expect consistency from them uh, game after game, but they have the ceiling to try to beat and to compete against any team. So Bayern and 
going to the other side needs to really bring their A game. And I agree with you that they need to be considered favorites. Alba will need to make the most of their transition game and play at a very high pace and basically outscore Bayern. But Bayern has the pieces to take control of this game and to, to be able to be dominant. They have the shooters, they have the size, they have the front court players. For me, I have one question about this Bayern team and that's what I will be uh, looking at during this game. Who will uh, be the floor general for this Bayern team? And if they have someone that is able to to control the pace of the game and play at the rhythm that they want to play, that's a question mark for this uh, for this roster. And that's uh, in a game against Alba that likes to play at a high pace and likes to, to try to outscore other teams, to cause uh, mistakes from the other teams. Sometimes uh, if the floor general is not there, if it's lacking, that can be uh, a problem that Bayern can face on this matchup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they have a lot of guys to, to play those guards positions, but there's not a, a true floor general. Uh, maybe they hope uh, Balmaro can turn into that, uh, but I don't know if he's totally prepared to be a, a real floor general right now. So uh, I think that's a question they're going to have to figure out. But uh, overall, I'm just very excited for the youth we're going to have in this game because not only do we have Procida and Spagnolo for Alba, but you have guys like Bomaru, Francisco, Carson Edwards, like a lot of young guys on Bayern as well. So I'm very excited about this game. What we haven't spoken about it, and before we move into the next game, which matchup are you looking at and which matchup are you looking the most? I do wonder if Sterling Brown and um, Vladimir Lutsic will be crossing paths during this game and matching up against each other. We know what Lutsic is able to do and how important he is for this uh, Bayern team. But uh, we have many players, Sterling Brown, Gabriel Procida, Lutsic, even Carson Edwards. Is Carson Edwards taking that step forward and being more than what he was with Fenerbahce? Can he be a dominant player in the EuroLeague? So we have a few here. Which one will you be looking at with uh, more interest? What about Matt Thomas and Obst? Uh, I think that's going to be uh, a pretty oh, fun yeah, one I love that. Uh, to elite. To, to elite shooters, uh, I think Obst is coming off a, a great, great uh, World Cup, uh, not only because of the team winning the championship, but he performed at such a high level. And, and I think Matt Thomas has been a, an amazing addition for Alba. Obviously, they've started the, the German the, the German league and he's been playing at a very high level. So I, I think that matchup is also very interesting. But for sure, Sterling Brown and Lusic, hopefully Lusic plays. He, he didn't play their last game for the domestic competition. So hopefully he plays, and if they match up there, that's going to be very interesting too. And the game that won't be short of intrigue and the good matchups will be the next one, the game between Barcelona and FS. This is a game with some teams that have something to prove. I say that I expect this to be a bounce-back season from FS, and there is nowhere away for them to start that with a win against Barcelona. And despite some early struggles by this Barcelona team, I'm confident that that won't be an easy task for FS to be able to achieve that. These are two very complete teams. And uh, I really love the fit of the pieces for this FS team. I want to see how Darius Thompson will be performing with uh, with this FS team. Is he able to, to become like a, a clear... Uh, top three player for them 
is uh, Barcelona with Satoransky be able to impose themselves in the backcourt? Will we see more from Satoransky than we saw in the last season? That matchup and those two players specifically are players that for me will be very crucial, not only for this game, but for how these teams will perform in this EuroLeague. And since they will be matching against each other, those will be very important pieces for this game. But of course, we know what Barcelona or how Barcelona will be matching against Will Clyburn. And will we have a Jabari Parker against Will Clyburn matchup and how will that look like? It's a game of intrigue, a game with many new faces for both teams. Is Derek Willis the forward that F has really needed? We think so. But Duke, from all of these aspects of the game, what will be decisive for this matchup? Well, I think Barcelona, uh, Barcelona's ability to shoot the ball uh, will be key for them because they don't have a, a natural score now like they had in Miritich last season. So I, I believe they're gonna they're gonna go to their ball movement and their shooting ability a lot more. Uh, even though, of course, last year they, they were a high shooting team as well. Uh, but I believe this year that will be even more of a key for them. Um, and for Efes, uh, I mean, uh, still on Barcelona. Sorry, uh, I want to see how they're gonna guard Will Clabern. Like you said, uh, we'll see if Jabari Jabari is the one matched up with him. Uh, I think that could be a very interesting matchup because Jabari ha- has the size that not a lot of wings in EuroLeague have the size to, to match up with with Will Clyburn. So I think that's going to be very interesting. Uh, for Efesh, I think they need to push the pace and play a bit faster than they did last year. Obviously, we talked about that many times. Uh, I think they need to push the pace. I need to see Darius, Darius Thompson fit, fitting with uh, Shane Larkin and Will Clyburn. Uh, I think, like we said in the preview, he is a good fit with both of them. And I just want to see Efesh use Will Clyburn a lot better than last year. Uh, I believe they have the they have better pieces uh, around him as far as fitting with him. So uh, I think they will do a better job at that. And I think Efesh has the pieces to to go to Barcelona and, and steal this game. A sneaky matchup that I will be keeping an eye on is if James Nagy is able to play. And in this specific matchup against Ty Jones in the front court of Efes, is he uh, able to come off the bench and contribute and give some good minutes against Barcelona? Or will Il, will Erna Gomez be a good matchup against uh, Ty Jones? They are quite different players. I want to see how that front court's uh, matchups will be looking at on the on this game, but uh, it is on the on the back court and it is on the the forwards that uh, the keys of this game reside. But if one of these front court players is able to to be dominant, if Ty Jones is able to give issues to Willie, or if Willie is able to be dominant against the front court of Efes, that can be. Uh, a key for one of these teams to have a big advantage in this uh, specific matchup, but uh, certainly will be a very, very competitive game. I expect it to be. Barcelona at home will want to start with the win, but Efes, uh, if they want to start bouncing back, there there is no better way to do it than against a team that was on the final four last season. And I think that Efes has the pieces and probably will be able to, with the continuity that uh, they have on their roster, plus the the perfect fit pieces in theory that they added to be highly competitive and to fight for this uh, victory. It's a highly competitive league. It's so we know that all the games will be interesting and the next one is not exception to that. Fenerbahce against Milano. Milano comes to this game without Maudolo and last season we saw that they needed a player to be a difference maker in their backcourt. That was Napier when he came and joined the team. 
will Maudolo be uh, too big of a problem? His absence will be too big of a problem for this Milano team. And uh, who has the favoritism in this matchup that I expect to be highly, highly competitive? I believe Fenerbahce should have the the favoritism in this game, uh, not only because they are playing at home, but uh, I do think Maudolo's absence is significant, is significant for Milano. And I think Fenerbahce is going to take advantage of that because I believe Milano loses a, a little bit of the creation that they have on those guard spots. And now outside of Pangos, I don't know who's going to be playing point guard. Uh, maybe Devon Hall can play some minutes at the point, but uh, I think it's going to be tough there. Uh, other than that, uh, I want to see how Milano will handle that front court rotation because obviously, like we, we've said this before, they have so many bodies. But I think Fenerbahce has bodies as well to handle those guys. Uh, they have obviously, uh, and my matchup for this game, I have a, a two-on-two here with uh, Dejan Pierre and uh, Nigel <laughs> Hayes-Davis against Siobhan Shields and Mirotic. Uh, I think that's going to be some elite battles. And I, I'm very curious to see how that's going to go. Who wins those matchups? Uh, we'll have to see. But I think Fenerbahce, uh, overall, uh, I believe playing at home, they have the advantage here in this game, and I think they're going to win in a high-level game. I think it's going to be an amazing game, one of the best in this first round, and I'm definitely going to see it for sure. I expect Fenerbahce to have the upper hand on this matchup, but my eyes will be all over Mirotic, and uh, I want to see if he will come out into this uh, Aero League wanting to be one of the top players, if not the top player, and if he can be a difference maker for this uh, Milano team. I agree that uh, Milano will be uh, missing low on this uh, matchup and on this game. Uh, they don't have many options besides Pangos, but uh, they will be playing big. Uh, that's a given with the, the roster that they have. And um, I want to see which type of lineups uh, Messina will be able to put on the court, but uh, this Thunder budget team is complete. He's able to, as I just said, uh, play against size, play small. Uh, they are a very complete team. And uh, on the other side, if uh, I want to see how how impactful Mirotic will be for this Milano team, I want to see where is Fenerbahce in terms of development because they bring continuity and this is a team I expect to come in swinging into this edition of the EuroLeague after the elimination in the playoffs last year and um, I think that this game has the potential to be a, a very good one there are a lot of questions about how Milano will be playing so that's something to track but uh, Fenerbahce uh, needs to be considered favorite for this matchup and uh, they certainly will want to try to confirm that favoritism and start the early with uh, with a victory if i'm very high in the game between Maccabi and Partizan that's my favorite matchup for this week what to say about the classic between Paratinaikos and Olympiakos. Paratinaikos comes into this season with 11 new players and these two teams just face each other and it was a defensive show by Olympiakos in Greece being able to shut down Paratinaikos' offensive firepower. Do you think that we will see more of the same on this game? I don't. Uh, I think Paratinaikos is going to be able to respond uh... I'm not saying they're necessarily going to win, but I think they're going to have a, a much better game. They, they shot the ball terribly in that Super Cup final. So uh, I hope Panathinaikos fans 
will be present. And I hope that environment is crazy. Like growing up, I always saw this, these classic rivalries uh, and the crowd was always amazing. So hopefully it gets back to that and the fans are present. Uh, I believe Panathinaikos playing at home, they have a chance to to win this game. I think it's going to be incredibly competitive. Uh, but I think I'm I'm going to predict here a, a Slukas revenge game. Uh, I think he, he has that ability. Obviously, he is an amazing player. Uh, I believe Panathinaikos, for them to be able to get a win, I think the guards need to be the difference makers in the game. And I believe it starts with Slukas. So I'm looking forward to that. As far as Olympiakos, obviously, they need to, to play elite defense like they usually do. They need to dominate the boards like they also usually do. And they need to, to have ball movement and have that offense flowing like they usually do as well. So Olympiakos just needs to be themselves <laughs> and, and play like they, they usually play. And they're going to be just fine. Uh, but I think Panathinaikos, obviously, they need to be much better than they were in that final. And I believe they will be. So I think Panathinaikos has a chance here to win this game. Yeah, Olympiakos is one of the great teams on the EuroLeague. There is no doubt about that. And they will bring the defensive intensity. They will bring the ball movement. They will give trouble to any team. And to this Panathinaikos team won't be an exception to that. For me, and uh, there is uh, a place where I think Panathinaikos can have an advantage that is on Juancho matchups. Costas Papanikolaou can watch on him. But uh, if he plays the four, and uh, I think he has the advantage against players like Luke Sigma. And... It comes down to how is Paratinakos being able to fit him and how Olympiakos will counter against the way that Paratinakos is playing and trying to fit him. Then, can Basharlovsky be contributing at a high level? Is he ready for the EuroLeague? Will he be impactful on this matchup and give issues to, to Mustafa Fall and to Milutinov on this game? Is Lasort able to replicate the great season that he had last season? And of course, the, the many, many backcourt matchups and you can just pick one of these elite guards from uh, Paratinaikos and uh, make him face Thomas Walkup on the other side and that will be a great matchup to watch I'm certain of that for sure and I just think uh, when you talk about the, the size of these teams I think Olympiakos is a much bigger team especially in the front court and I believe and that's why I agree with you when you talked about Balsarowski and he, the need for him to have an impact on this game because Juancho, I mean, he plays the four, but he's not a, a huge guy in there, like especially compared to guys like Milutinov and, and Fall uh, and Lasort. Same thing. He, he's not a big center. He's undersized for the position. So I think Balsarowski will need to help them for sure on the boards, and I, I think they need that to to have a, a chance to win. Can Paratinaikos contradict? Olympiakos size advantage and can they find answers to the amazing defenses that Olympiakos has and uh, potentiate the areas of the game where they have the advantage and be able to create advantages for their best players in this uh, game against Olympiakos will be key for Paratinaikos but I do think that uh, Olympiakos came, comes into this game as a, a favorite uh, for, to win a team that uh, should just be able to bring from last season a lot of they were able to do on the court. And I expect to see more of that from Olympiacos in this season. They will be lacking some important pieces, but at the same time, Paradinacos is a team that uh, is newly put together. So we can expect some adaptation period. And uh, in that sense, I give the advantage to Olympiacos on this matchup. But let's look into 
another game. And this is a game where Monaco will be visiting Valencia. Monaco comes into this season as one of the favorites, and I really believe that they need to be seen as one of the top contenders, one of the favorites to win it all. And uh, coming into Valencia, a team that usually plays well at home, but uh, have many new pieces heading to the season of the League, I think that Monaco need to be clear favorites. For Valencia, it will come down uh, about will come down to their ability to shoot and to score at a very, very high level. But I'm not sure that they have enough against this Monaco team that have amazing firepower. What will we be looking at on this matchup between these two teams? I agree with you. Uh, I think the the first thing is Valencia's ability to shoot. Uh, I think that's their only option to, to compete in this game because obviously Monaco has so much firepower that Valencia, they just need to, to slow the game down they, they can't allow Monaco to, to run on them. And then they, they need to shoot the three at a high level. And that's their only chance of competing. As far as Monaco, I think they need to get stops. And I think this year they have a much better defensive team than they did last year, adding a guy like Tarpey, uh, continuing with John Brown. I think they have the pieces this season to be a very good defensive team. And I think they need to push the pace. Uh, sometimes with Mike James on the court, uh, the ball sticks with him a little bit too much. Similarly to Misic and on Efes, and I think they have the pieces this season to, to push that pace. They have a lot of options on every position. They can play fast. They can play at the, the maximum effort because they have the, the depth for it, for, for them to be able to, to have a real rotation. So I, I just think they need to push the pace and just try to, to run every team out of the gym. They, they really have the ability for that. So I think that's the way Monaco should approach this season. For Valencia, the performance of Davis, Ojale, Inglis and Rovers will be very important on this specific matchup against Monaco. And for Monaco, we know it. it's the backcourt. And uh, I'm very excited about seeing how well Campbell Walker is playing and how much is he being able to, to add to this team. But uh, this backcourt is almost unmatched across the EuroLeague and this game will be no different. So it's... If Valencia want to have a shot, their front court will be able to to play at the highest level, and then they will need to have that shoot fall that shot falling the, across this game for them to be able to compete with such a strong team like Monaco is. And we end this preview again with another game in Spain, a game between Basconia and Real Madrid, and. We know it, we have said it many times, Real Madrid are the defending champions, they have a great retroster, and they added the perfect player on Facundo Campazzo. Basconi has many new faces, has some question marks. I do believe that they took a slight step backwards uh, heading into this edition of the EuroLeague, but uh, we know how Basconi play. They will play at a very high pace, they will try to outscore Real Madrid, and are they able to do it, you? Probably not. I, I mean... This is kind of an unfair matchup, but to be fair to Basconia, <laughs> uh, I think Real Madrid is going to be an unfair matchup for several teams uh, this season because their <laughs> roster is just insane. Uh, but obviously, Basconia is going to try to push their pace. They're going to shoot the ball a lot. And for them to be able to compete in this game, they need to shoot it at a high level. And just they got to try to do a good job defensively to hold Real Madrid down. But obviously, I mean, it's going to be so tough. Real Madrid has so many options, and all of those options are elite ones, especially like the first six or seven guys. Like, their roster is crazy. For, <laughs> Just the, six, for, the first six or seven guys. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm talking about talking about the top of the top, <laughs> like 
Campazzo, Musa, Walter Tavares, Diabo Zeller, Ezonia, like it's just crazy the 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 roster that they have. Uh, I think Real will need to do a good job guarding the three because if they allow Basconia to to get hot, it, it can be a dangerous game for them. And, and I think they just need to assert their dominance all around. I mean, they have great depth at every position. They have great players, and obviously they have that continuity because the only player that they added. Uh, was Campazzo and he was already with them before so he kind of knows most of the guys anyway so I, I just think Real is, is the much better team and, and I, I don't give much of a chance to Basconi to, to win this game I'm excited about Rock Vapolo's season and uh, this is a game where he ha- can potentially have a matchup against Musa two players that uh, I have highly regarded heading into this edition of the league. Moose is one of the top players. Rogopol is one of the players that can impress and be one of the rising stars of the EuroLeague. But also the matchup between Campazzo and Marcus Howard is one to watch. So I have a question for you. Marcus Howard, over under 25 points heading into this game. I know, it's very hard to score 25. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go under, but... Uh, can we do 25 <laughs> shots? Because maybe I'll go over on that. <laughs> no, I, it's a possibility. Yeah, I think Marcus will, ha- will have to be the number one option every game for them. And especially in a game like this uh, against such a, a big opponent like Real Madrid, uh, I think for them to have a chance, uh, besides having the whole team having to shoot the ball at a high level and have a really good defensive game, they will need Marcus Howard to be at the top of his game. And so... Even if he does score 25, it still might be hard for them to get the win. So I have no questions in my mind that Marcus Howard will try to to get as many points as possible because he is clearly their number one option. Uh, but it's going to be hard to, to score 25 against Real Madrid. But if it happens, it I, is very... I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is hard to score 25 points in the EuroLeague in general. But I put the, the threshold quite high <laughs> for him. But the point here is like how important he will be for Basconia and how important he will be on yeah, their for sure. aspirations to try to compete on this game. And in most of the games, the Real Madrid has the clear advantage and the favoritism. But for with Basconia, we know it will be a high-paced game and uh, not time to outscore their opponents. And that makes those games always entertaining. But this Real Madrid have... Many options across the board in both sides of the court, and they certainly will want to start their the season where they are defending champions with a, with a win. And uh, this will be a game where they will be trying to confirm their favoritism. This takes us to the end of this first preview of round one of the EuroLeague. Stay tuned and subscribe to the podcast to not miss on any episodes. Also follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague. We will be bringing you recaps of the action on the day uh, following the games and uh, uh, our previews will be coming out on the days right before uh, it, the start of each round. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye guys. See you on the next episode. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.